Monsters, Madness, and Magic. Monsters, Madness, and Magic. I am Dan, and I am here. And let me make sure I get this right. It's Randall Collier Ford. That is correct. Groovy. I am here with, I mean, I don't even know any proper adjectives to give to this man. Randall Collier Ford, if you have any passing familiarity with the cryo chamber label with spacey dark ambient cinematic dark ambient sound design just basically it's just really hard to kind of because it's not really and well i guess it is an encompassing i hell with it he's an artist and he's like really badass like lust mord and he's with cryo chamber and i have him here (laughs) across the interwebs from me like i'm looking on the screen but he's talking to me and we are chatting with randall collier ford whose newest album is advent on cryo chamber randall how the hell are you i'm doing excellent how about yourself no complaints honestly i seriously no complaints no one wants to hear it anyway so i mean (laughs) (laughs) you uh how's the uh album reception going uh very very well from everything that i've gathered so far I, i try to peek my head around wherever official posts might be to see if people are, you know, taken well to it or if they have any critiques, because I, I definitely like to hear other people's critiques on uh, any records I might put out because it's at, at the end of the day, it is my child that I'm creating, but I also like hearing what people like of what I make and want to hear more of or hear less of um, interesting ideas of, I don't know, themes and things like that that really get my imagination going as well. And that back and forth, that indirect back and forth, uh, kind of feeds into the motion of things moving forward to another record down the road or uh, other ideas down the road. So we need to, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into this. I will circle back, but I mean, the the elephant in the room, and by elephant, I mean some of the, I mean, good God, it's just stunning. Like I, <laughs> for somebody like me who has diarrhea of the mouth, having difficulty just finding proper adjectives to describe just the timbre of this album. But ladies and gentlemen, for the kids playing at home, for following along, if you will, go to Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know if it's on Spotify, but the hell with Spotify. Go to Bandcamp and uh, look up Cryo Chamber. Look up Randall Collier Ford. Follow the link that you followed on this thing. And just look at this artwork. So before we even go back to where you came from, I just need to know, mm. like, where did this album you got to tell me this album doesn't just pop up. It, this isn't like Mr. Stay Puff and Ray's head. It doesn't just pop in there. <laughs> there, there has been an impetus to this. There, there's, I just, I got to know this thing is so inspired and maybe it was a fever dream, but that's a hell of a fever dream, man. You got to at least give me a, give us a teaser about like where this thing <laughs> came from. Well, there's actually a lot of different um, sources or, advents to this to this thing um it it kind of came about after finishing the first trilogy and i had started working on the follow-up semi-full length or i I guess it was more of an ep um apex that came out oh just months after um promethean and it was exactly at that time when i had released apex i had already just begun the production process for Advent. And there, there was a lot on the back end as far as artwork would go because around that time I started working with Cyril uh, more or less full time with a lot of different kind of ideas because we wanted it to be a more 
a full-time thing where we would go over previous records, um, past releases before uh, Cryo Chamber, right. really uh, dive back into what new artwork we can give them to give them a re-release, which we're still considering to this day because I, I want this time period now leading up to my 10th anniversary uh, to be about going back over my, my catalog and figuring out if we can put out as many of these albums on CD as possible and give them brand new artwork, uh, remaster their sounds and so on and so forth. So while we're talking about all of this, we had uh, long dis- uh, discussions about where the sources for a lot of these records were coming from, uh, especially the previous trilogy, right. but what these inspirations would be moving forward, what those previous things will look like for the future. And obviously there, there, there's a lot of cosmic horror that drifts into the themes of most of these records, if not all of them. And it had to come to the forefront more and more eventually, because at the end of the day, this is, this is still a story or a universe that I am attempting to write. I don't, I don't know if I'm successful at it just yet, but we'll, we'll leave the jury out on that one. So we wanted this next set of records to be far less indirect I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, but we had to have a start point for that. And the best start point is the actual start point, the, the origin, the beginning. But the problem with that was that we don't have the right to put a very, very defined uh, set point for everything because we're dealing with a story that is encompassing multiple universes all at once, multiple different timelines uh, due to uh, an eldritch uh, effect on on things which probably in the next 10 years more answers on something like that would come about but for now we had decided okay we had to have a set point but not the set point for for everything and we had decided okay why don't we look at some of the stuff that inspired me and inspired him in the past and see if we can come up with something a little more uh grounded i guess Right. Oh, it wasn't really grounded, to be honest with you. It, it was. It was definitely a lot more all over the place. But the <laughs> the thing, the anchor for me in all of this was, and I've mentioned this to other people in the past, was the uh, SCP wiki and the multiple different uh, stories and entries that they have on their website and their strong sense of cosmic horror, right. uh, story writing, yeah, <laughs> um, lore building, especially uh, mm-hmm. world building between all the different entries. I thought, okay, that's that's a good example of what we could do uh, as far as making non-canon universes that still do tie together. So why don't we do that with a strong sense of cosmic horror uh, from the likes of H.P. Lovecraft, but instead make it more fantastical. So it it became this really, really hard tug and pull between him and I going over ideas and trying to figure out where would be a good place to pretty much set the flag on on this thing so we can move forward. And I'd say we went through about three different sets of not just ideas, but also aesthetics as well. Uh Um, And in all honesty, I think the music in the record definitely reflects our uh, progress, our, our thought progress in creating what this thing eventually became and it, it, it actually made me really happy when i saw someone 
uh, right out that it felt like they were listening to a story unfold, how things were moving to the next chapter, to the next chapter, to the next chapter, but it was all seamless. And in my mind, that, that makes perfect sense because that's, that's pretty much how we came up with this, with this album. It was, it was, uh, chapters for us and landing on this one from where we started, uh, aesthetically speaking and also musically, it was a kind of aha moment. I, I think it was because, um, Joe had come to me after, uh, we did another refresh on artwork ideas. He said, Hey, I have this great idea. Let me just uh, draw a little sketch for you real quick to give you a rough idea of what I'm thinking about. And we can go from there. I said, okay. So I took a look at it and it was a crew drawing that gave the exact idea of what he wanted to portray. Uh, like if you see, the, if you see that drawing now and pair it up against the finished artwork, you would see exactly what was attempted to get across. In, in my mind, I saw something a little bit different, more close to what he did for Amos season one mixed with the final result for, for Advent. But like suffice to say, I'm, I'm still extremely happy with the end result. And he had come to me with pretty much what you see now uh, uh-huh. on, on the album cover. Uh, and we had talked at, at that time. The only thing that was really different was the priest in the center. Yeah. Um, and some of the more forward artwork um, for, for the record itself, a lot of it did carry over into this record, but, um, and you could probably even see it in the, in not just the booklet, but in the, uh, the teaser trailer, the two minute teaser trailer that he oh had with God. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which when he made that, it, it made me so, so damn happy that he created something so vivid and so intense to match the music. Uh, because I, I decided to make a teaser track out of um, excerpts from from the final track because I thought this is a this this section right here. If we edit it, it will be perfect for uh, something like this to kind of get the interest going or keep it keep it from fading away by the time the album actually comes out. Right. He says I got something to match it, so he came back with that, and it was around that time we had discussed what was then a different priest, and I had told him that I wasn't unhappy with it whatsoever. I just wanted to change what the priest was in the very center. Um, because as, as the story was evolving, I had realized uh, there was a slight sense of inconsistency because of what I did. So I wanted the story to continue the way I had started taking it. And I wanted the artwork to match it. So we didn't have to go back to the drawing board or find little loopholes to make things try to make sense. Yeah. And he was, he was very, um, receptive to it and he came back to me about a week later and he says here here's the um new edit for it and I'm, i was obviously blown away by it all and <laughs> he also told me there's a little easter egg inside this artwork um and he had rodent and gallifreyan all over the front of this thing yeah. advent and i thought that is absolutely wonderful that we have this thing that unless you know what it is it, it's going to go right over your head. But once you, if you do know what it is, it's going to make you extremely happy to, to see something like that in a place like this. I was going to ask you about the, uh, your particular font choice. So you went ahead and let the, let the rabbit out of the bag. And that's cool. They just, yeah, that the font choice, the aesthetic, the timbre, as I said, just the presentation of this man, black metal bands, behemoth 
should fire their set director <laughs> and get Cyril because this is exactly what they were going for. They're just whenever that <laughs> when you release that teaser just on Facebook, I think it was like a 10 minute clip or something. And it just mm-hmm. showed briefly like the live, you know, just the live model. And it just it yeah. set the stage so much. I liken this. I I don't think I wrote I may have actually mentioned this in the review or wrote about it, but as far as with your story telling of i'm getting the the lovecraftian feel i hate banding that term around but in this case it's absolutely true i'm glad you said eldritch and you know lovecraft so it it keeps it in that so i can use the term but lovecraft derleth block but it almost felt like even burrows where if robert howard and hp lovecraft were buddy buddy and we got conan and the dark you know those <laughs> barbarian inflections so imagine if lovecraft and edgar rice burroughs were buddy buddy what would happen because <laughs> that's kind of the thing i'm taking there is so much to digest with this it's yes. of course images everything and and but with dark ambient I mean, it it could fly high, or as I <laughs> have found out, it could crash and burn. But it's all about <laughs> building the worlds. It's all about just building the aesthetic, the essence of it. And yeah, I mean, you, yeah, yeah y'all, y'all nailed that. So before we <laughs> delve even more into that and talk about it, we'll kind of take a little rewind. So the well, let's go back. You said you're coming up on 10 years. Is that 10 years as a composer or 10 years just with Cryo Chamber? Uh, actually, 10 years making music solely under my name. I've actually been making music for 11 years now, uh, altogether when it comes to dark ambient and drone music. Um, I, yeah, I think it's about 11 years since I came out with my very first demo tape uh, for the Temple of Algalagnia way back in the day. Oh, uh, give me just a moment okay. real quick. Yeah, sure. Moments later. All righty. Are you still there? Yeah, man. You good? Uh, yeah, totally good. We're um, doing some fixes on our internet here at the house. <laughs> it's fine, man. I I find it refreshing. It's nice to hear that someone's human. <laughs> That's because <laughs> these, I mean, it just, it happens. So 10 years yeah. in dark ambient. And I was going to ask, um, I don't mm. know if your train of thought got completely derailed, but I was just going to ask like, why dark ambient? So, it's it's a story I've talked about in, in the past. Um, I haven't really talked about it too recently. When I had come from home from the army, uh, things weren't easy for me, uh, especially sleep around that time. And I was 19 years old when I got home. I had only served for just over a year. Um, came home with a limp and just the inability to to let go of my thoughts whenever I, I was, you know, left alone with them. So sleep wasn't really easy for me. So I had used uh, dark ambient as a, as a format for sleeping or to just kind of allow my thoughts to go somewhere else. If they're going to be racing a mile a minute, it'd be better for me to let them embrace storytelling yeah. when it comes to dark ambient. And that's what I truly loved about it. Growing up, uh, listening to Lust Mord, um, Peter Anderson, and a few other, the, uh, uh, Graybeards, mm. and I had about two of their records around that time. So I put it on. I'd listen to it. I fall asleep. But after some time, you you know when your mind and your body gets into a repetition, it's almost like you're on autopilot. It knows what to expect. It responds to it without you 
truly acknowledging it, my mind started doing that with the music, so I couldn't really sleep. And for the longest time, I had no real solution for this other than medication. But you know, after a while, medication isn't exactly the road you want to go down. No. Um, at least not permanently. And I, I came up with the idea after talking with some friends about it because around this time, I still had a lot of friends from all over the world um, and a lot of friends locally before I got into the heavy metal scene back home. Uh, and they all told me, well, why don't you just make a record? I thought, well, I don't think it's actually that easy to make a record. <laughs> they said, no, no, no. Let, let me walk you through this. So in a very, very rudimentary way, uh, they helped me set up my very first DAW system. Uh, I was using Reaper at the time. And they were helping me find sounds just all over the internet, uh, samples, uh, VSTs, methods for just producing, editing, all this different sort of like very, very base level stuff. And it just, it kept me going. It kept me busy. It kept me focused and excited because I started hearing results of what I was doing. And I fell in love right away with the, the act of creating it. So it was around this time when I had finally finished this record because I was making a record basically for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I could find new ways of coping uh, as I was moving through life. And I had a friend, um, we, we don't talk too much these days, but we still talk from time to time. It's, um, it's the fiance of the bassist from Watang, uh, Helga. Oh, wow. Uh, she came to me. Yeah. She, she asked me, if she, uh, if I wanted her to do the album artwork for that, I thought, yeah, that's absolutely incredible because I have no skills whatsoever uh, as far as creating like visual artwork goes. And she came back to me in about a couple of hours, like, here you go. Uh, here's the artwork and the name of your band, which at that time, which is Algolagnia. And it, the end result for that is definitely different than how it initially started because starting it off, it was a friend of mine locally who, wanted me to help him create a new black metal band as, as a form of outlet, but it's going to have heavy, dark ambient sort of influences, tracks, things like that. And that was, that was going to be my forte, my learning curve into all this. And it was initially called Sniffin. But after some time, he kind of dropped and said, it's all yours. Do absolutely whatever you want with it. And it became Algolagnia after some time, because I just didn't really want to do the black metal route. So many people I started meeting, I'd realized they had their own death metal or black metal band. And I thought, you know, it's cool that they're all doing it. I have no real skill. These guys have been doing it for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I have no skill. I'm a fresh face. I don't know that many people. I don't think this is where I want to toss my hat in. You know, maybe, maybe I'll just stick with the thing that no one else is doing that I could just do by myself. And the rest is history. It's a very interest, uh, introverted thing. I mean, <laughs> this coming from, I think, dark ambient and I make black metal. So, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to no skill, I got you beat. But uh, no, I know what you mean. It is a very introverted style of music. Is you know, I, I really don't hear many people, hey, man, let's go check out the Council of Nine concert. And, ah, take that one, Max. No, sorry. It's just, you know, it's, it's a very <laughs> introverted style. You don't necessarily go to concert. Now, I've seen like them playing live and stuff as and i would love to experience that but i i kind of get what yeah. you and also i mean just being able to the art the artistry of it that's always been i'm huge anytime i write a review on anything hell anytime i make music myself or anything i do it's 
I always do a concept album. They used to be when I was growing, I don't know how I'm like, I'm 40. So when I was a kid, you know, when a band would come out with a concept, I was like this big deal. It's a concept album. Man. They did every song where it, it tells about this one story. <laughs> and it's like, well, what the hell? Every album I've ever written has been about one story. You know, I, I write the stories. So I'm a sucker for that. And listening yeah. to your stuff, and I love your uh, your collab that you did, like uh, Locus Arcadia. I love, yeah, I love that compilation. Not only does it have <laughs> Randall Call Your Ford in it, but it's also got Max from Council of Nine. So I mean <laughs> that that was just cool because just like the music, Cryo Chamber is excellent with the artwork because it's kind of like. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover, but yet you do. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those, you know, you got to listen to music, take it for its own merit. Yeah, it's fine. But, you know, if the cover sucks, then I might not enjoy it as well. But one thing about your artwork, especially in this newest one, is it's, it's, it's jam up. And I have noticed that, like, this has been Cryo Chamber's year as far as just, the part. wow, pardon the pun, but stellar releases. Like, yours is one of the most <laughs> grounded, like, down to earth. And, but I mean, every album that I have listened to this year, I mean, it's just been top notch. My only critique with your album is that it's only three songs and it's only half an hour. I want like three hours long. And, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I don't know if you could afford fitting a three hour long album on multiple vinyls. (laughs) Very true. That is always the, uh, the crux, the catch 22, if you will. So whenever, what was the... Try, and I'm asking this because I, one of these days, I am going to, wow, I don't know why I turned to English there for a second. One of these days, mate, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be on the <laughs> roster of cryo chamber with you guys. So that's just, just to let you, there's a little forewarning one day. However, what got you into I'm looking forward to it. I, 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 yeah. Steady there, buddy. You ain't heard myself yet, but <laughs> regardless, what, uh, what got you like onto cryo chamber? What was it that, because you, you, Obviously, you're painting vistas of the mind. Is you're doing theater of the mind without any dialogue. So, yeah. What led What led you into Cryo Chamber? And I mean, sure, I could, and you could abbreviate this, make it as quick as possible, because you know anybody could Google it and find like any time you've talked about it. But you know, what kind of what led you into Cryo Chamber? What got you into this vein of like minded individual? So, uh, first off, I just want to say uh, congratulations to Max for his new baby uh, since you brought him up. Uh, oh my god, my that's right. I totally forgot. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, congratulations, Max. Sorry about that. Please, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, totally fine. Uh, second off, I was approached by Simon uh, to join the record label, and this was just after I had released. Um, it wasn't Divis, was it? I think it might have been. It was. I had already released Philosophia, uh, that super long record of mine and i think divis came immediately after that and i was working with Calpa mantra at the time um because that, that was my only outlet that i i was i had access to uh when it came to very very low production costs on my end and also getting as many eyes as possible and simon approached me uh, he approached me around the time after the first installment of divis so i was working on the second one and he and I had been talking for a little bit and I was getting production advice from him um, because I, I had already been listening to a lot of his personal records and records off his record label uh, for a good number of years. In fact, I remember listening to the first Sable Sun when I was in college. So just after I got home 
from the military. I think it was about a year or two after. So I was 20, 21. And I remember listening to Atrium Incarcerate when I was in high school. So at, at that point, it was already pretty big for me to get invites from him. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of figure like, okay, now, now I'm able to pick his brain and get that professional advice of things that would up my quality and my production style. And it was around that time after I had released the second installment, he said, Hey, w- would you like to um, come over to the record level and release a record? And at that point I thought, obviously, yes, yes, I would <laughs> love to do that. Um, but I don't think what I'm making right now would fit on a record label. And he, he was honest with me. So true the the stuff previously wasn't exactly what we're looking for on the record label. It, it definitely fit in that vein, but it wasn't exactly it. But that's the thing about those records. They, they're already out. They have their own record label. We're talking about future release. And I thought, okay, that's not only a good challenge for me to really take in all the advice that he had given me previously, but to also up my game a couple notches and see what can become of it. And pretty much that's, that's how the architect started. But it was also a chance for me to do what he had been doing as far as storytelling went with his records, uh, which I had already been doing just, just ever so slightly uh, to myself with the previous records, but to really present a concrete uh, theme and concept to a record rather than something very, very vague and more than uh, shrouded in, in mystery to right. the point where you can't even tell if it is a concept. It's, it's just, it's the color gray with a lot of dark sounds pretty much. And I thought, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. And it, it did more than just blow me away after that uh, record came out, the architects, because I had never worked with a record label much like crowd chamber before how they interact with their artists, um, how it feeds back into us. Like we are actually getting back what we put in and we have a community with one another and it's it's not a business per se. It's it is quite literally a family that I had stepped into, and I had no previous experience with something like this. So, obviously, to say I, I was a fish out of water. You know, I, I felt like a deer in the headlights, and I I knew no one. We're talking a lot of jargon that I didn't understand. Hell, sometimes I still don't understand. It. I just think to myself, look, if I make beefs and boots and they work, that's all I care about. You just okay, smile and the, nod your head. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I I'm I'm trying to be the Joel, the dead mouse of dark Gambian. I'm turning knots until something works, man. I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I can relate <laughs> that. Yeah. I, yeah. I could, I could certainly relate with that. I, I mean, hell, like when you said just an atrium carcery fan, I, that would have been the same. I chatted with him some on Facebook, you know, off and on a few years ago when I was just trying to ask him to interview him for a podcast so I could get him in my clutches and pick his brain about how the heck, you know, how he does it, how would one get started? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm the way you describe it. That's essentially me is I'll just sort of just mm-hmm. kind of, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I just kind of go at it and uh, <laughs> a bunch of gray textures and drones. But one thing I'll give you is that you are, comp- you are totally unique. I mean, in fact, everyone will cryo chamber, honestly, just, and it has a lot to do with the, the mood that they evoke along with the artwork, mm-hmm. but your work is, is ju- even with everybody being unique, you cannot mistake your work. Like whenever you announce new call, your Ford, you say, well, which one is it? And you display the album art. Chances are I could pick yours out. 
it it just it has a resonance <laughs> to it and it just it fits with the music in and of itself so i mean what what are your influence oh my turn hold on please excuse me just a second no. hello uh, of course more moments later sorry thought it was an emergency that's all good <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> like what are your Anyways, uh, influences like to do this music uh, books games as, movies. As, far, as far as now um influences have definitely changed from what inspired me to to do it or continue doing it to what my goals are for the future to inspire me to keep going forward uh previously like like i spoke before with um ptsd that, that was my first inspiration to move forward was what good it did for me and wanting it to do to do that for myself um and that that tree that that whole origin story it branched off into many different roots to noise music to more dreamlike drone music kind kind of similar to what uh uh proto you is doing now yeah. except she's doing it far better than i ever did like I, i'm going to be completely honest she is one of my favorite producers for a reason um and i had done some more gothic style ambient music ritual occult influenced music and it was at one point when i was doing all of these things um the temple algolagnia being the uh, the gothic ambient i had kind of exhausted what i wanted to do with it after the split album i did with funeral mantra and it was around that time i had i finished up my full-length record for black sun but it wasn't really going to go anywhere so i, I kind of figured you know i'm, I'm going to put out the ep for that and i'm going to bury the full-length album until what 2015 2016 that's when it finally came out hmm. uh gray light shade the the dreamy drone stuff i had just stopped all of a sudden morse universa it also ran its course it went from harsh noise walls to martial industrial noise and dark ambient music and it, it was more than just fun in fact i would love to go back over that it it definitely should get a re-release at some point, but it all kind of came to a head to to a point where I realized all the stuff I'm doing right now, it's it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just I don't want to do it in all these different monikers. And I yeah. kind of feel like each of these things, they're their own little entities, but they're all still me. Why don't I continue doing what I love to do, but instead make it about, well, it feels shitty to say it, but make it about me. Like no, make it's, it the extension of me. It's you know actually very brave. <laughs> I admire that because this I'm listening to the I have the same I have had the same problem for decades. It's, oh, it's I admire the hell out of that. I read that you actually said that in an interview. So I mean, yeah, I I, I feel you. Yeah, it uh, it was definitely that that little light bulb moment when I realized you know why why spread all this shit out? It's all still me. So why not just do it under my name? However, I want to do it, not be stuck to uh, a genre or a theme of like an aesthetic or anything like that, a musical aesthetic, and just kind of do whatever the hell I want to do. And that's how Dark Corners kind of came about. It was all those different corners of my mind of what I what I loved making and just wrap it all into one all encompassing record. And that that became its own beast pretty quickly. Um, there, there was still a lot of this similar influences from the past leaking through with the with those records. Mm -hmm. um, influences of pain, 
um, all the way to, oh, from personal stories to um, fantasy concepts, uh, things I really, really love, uh, spiritual outlets, um, mental outlets even, uh, mental and emotional. Like Our God's Never Sleep was definitely quite a different uh, experience to, to produce, let alone actually put out and see that it was more than just the oddball out among all the records under my name. It was, it still is to this day, the strangest record I had ever produced. Um, and I don't think anything I'm going to make in the future will match its strangeness, its, its oddness uh, when compared to other records in, in my library. So it, it was more of letting, letting all these desires out of what I want to make Mm-hmm. to really chisel things away to get to exactly what it is I wanted to do with these records. As I was doing story writing, as I was doing more harsher, darker sort of sort of drone concepts, it made me realize this isn't exactly what I wanted to do. This is me getting it out of my system and refining what I'm doing now to create what I truly want to do in the future. And that all led to the architects and it, it helped me realize once I got the trilogy complete um, with Cryo Chamber, I want to actually build a world and I don't want it to just be um, confined within solely music. And I, I spent probably about the good part of the last three years while producing uh, this record, Advent, uh, making other forms of music to tie into the worlds that I have been building, these these interconnected worlds and storylines, um, it it helped me, it helped motivate me to start speaking to other people, other friends that I either knew before or new friends I had been making, and new mediums I could look into or work with them on mm-hmm. to continue the stories that I had been writing. But look at ideas of what about a comic book? What about a a novel? What about short films? What about something more interactive. How about VR, interactive VR or less than interactive VR where some, some people I had known or still know now uh, have their hands on professional um, workstations that allow them to use a lot of different cool stuff that I really don't understand. But to put simply, they work in VFX. Um, some work in, in movies. Some don't work in movies, but they still work with this kind of stuff. Right. And I thought, okay, if you guys have this experience and you're more or less on board for the concept of doing something like this, why not put that, uh, put a pin in that for the next 10 years? And we can um, come back and say, let's make something in VR for people to interact with so they can feel like they're in the world that we're basically building. Yeah, no, uh, why God, not create the in between all of it? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that is such an outrageous idea but it's not impossible. No. It may not be possible right now, but we can definitely do something like that. We just got to give that time. Uh, and in the meantime, let's work on the comic books. Let's work on the short novels. What about the short films? Because films is something I would definitely love to do as far as pushing stories forward and letting people digest what this universe truly is, what this multiverse truly is. That's freaking brilliant. It's, I feel like, God damn it. Why am I a country apart from you? Because I feel like I'm talking about like we're on the same 
I know it's not, it's just, I've done the same thing. The album I came out with this past year, I've been doing exactly what you've been talking about, coalescing everything and building it and making my own worlds diverging along, but along similar paths, comic books, video games, it's just get out of my head. No, seriously. It, <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's what I've had to tell people just as an aside is, you know, with music, it's like, there's no money in music. Well, no, there's not, but, you use the music as a commercial, as a springboard for other things you do. Because I mean, a game's pretty cool, but if it has, it, if it doesn't have any music, it's not going to be very enjoyable for long. So you just have to find exactly. one. And you know, dark ambient is like one of the most creative genres there that's out there now. Like seriously, it's just it's insane how it's just the creativity is just bubbling over from it. And I just listened to you talk and ramble on. It's I ain't even, they ain't even anything to say because it's like me talking. I'm just hearing someone else. It's like, yeah, I know. it's that scene. I don't know if you ever seen Thermoma from the train <laughs> when Owen shows up, you know, Danny DeVito shows up and tells him he wrote a book. And Billy Chris is like, you wrote a book? Yeah. A book about me and you and mom and our experiences together. And then he goes to strangle him. <laughs> That's just, it's, it's similar. I'm, I'm feeling that same thing. So, so we propel forward from, because Advent to circle back to Advent, because your earlier stuff, as I said, you can clearly pick out your earlier works because mainly because of just that, the artwork itself, it set the tone. Yeah. Your music has set whenever you see that artwork and then listen to the music, it's almost like, I was going to say flash frying, but that's because I got Thanksgiving on the brain, but it's just like a snapshot, you know, like a Polaroid shot to where it's in, in your brain. So whenever you hear your music and then you get that artwork, you know, you've already just according to your own imagination, which is why I love this genre. But then we get to Advent when, and then when Locus Arcadia, that was round about the time it was during that era I noticed Simon really started using some badass artwork, going for those fantasy landscapes oh, and stuff. And uh, so about that, yeah, that wasn't Simon. Oh, the Locus Arcadia. Simon, Simon didn't make that. Yeah, he did not make that artwork. Oh, and I mean that's fine. Just the the other albums around this time as well. They have a similar motif, yeah. and uh, and some of your stuff that I noticed, you started going in a very sci-fi way. So I actually kind of contribute a lot of what spurred me along to uh kind of where i'm at in my music in my writing well, well because i listen to you a lot whenever i write but like with the, the way you went <laughs> sci-fi and i say i'm a big masters of the universe fan and so that whole space barbarians just <laughs> that just jives with me so well it's just you know on the one hand you got furry boots and furry underwear bangs cutting your hair but then you're also holding a laser gun with your axe and you've got like a <laughs> repulsor sled turbo motorcycle thing i just that and then you're on this lost civilization planet thing with decrepit castles and stuff i just that is so my vibe but anyway, I'm just at the expense of rambling. It was around that time that I'd noticed the artwork started to change with some of Cryo Chambers releases. And so now we get up here to Advent and you've already mentioned you're building worlds and you've kind of already said that this is just the beginning. So, I mean, quite literally, are you working yeah. on like a full length? You've got a whole lot more ready to go or are you just taking this more organically and just kind of hey, whatever? Like Max makes me sick. <laughs> he was like, I was like, so because after he did Dogma and uh, 
then it, I think it was Trinity after that, you know, and then he had the tunes albums. He was part of the compilation. He's like, yeah, I just kind of do whatever, you know, just whatever I feel like doing, I do it. It's like, you make me sick the way you could just sit there and make that stuff. And it's just hey, whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, but it's, it's more of the flow of what am I in the mood for as far as what, can, what kind of story do I want to tell right now? You know, I, I still go with that flow. Uh, there's a lot more structure now. And yeah, in, in the future, there's extremely bigger, much bigger plans as far as the next full length would go. Um, it's, story-wise, it's... Um, so let, let me back up here just a moment uh, to give a little right. context. There's, there's going to be a lot of tie-ins now that Advent is out because Advent is, like I said before, it's meant to be a single pin, a single origin of a lot of stuff because a lot of things have been thrown out there. Uh, and Advent is supposed to be an anchor to start... Um, showing how the roots connect and you keep uh, bringing up locus arcadia there's actually a lot behind that moving forward so So initially the the concept behind locus arcadia was i come to everyone uh, to ask them if they were interested in making this record together so uh max duncan and bruce i got them all in a uh, in a chat after i had read a comment uh, someone discussing the Remnants record and saying it felt too spacey for them. And the first thing that pops in my mind is, well, I want to make a space album now. Now that you bring <laughs> it up. Uh, so I talked to them about it and immediately they all just said, yes, let's, let's do this. And I said, cool, awesome. Let's, let's get started. So we all just started going over a bunch of different concepts. We roped in Simon for bouncing ideas back and forth with him. And long story short, we, we had made the record to be an ode to, um, sci-fi records over many many different decades um while tying it all into a story we all tell our our own little parts but we're supposed to give off our homage to previous producers of the past and what was really cool about that was we all had our own ideas of what we wanted to do for for locust to either turn it into a series or do something else with it but as time went on we were all still doing our own thing um and i pretty much filled up my own schedule a little too much to give myself room to come back to them and say, Hey, let's, uh, let's do a second entry. So I know Duncan, uh, started his new, uh, musical project and he, he roped in, um, a new chapter for the Locus, uh, series. So he had a lot of different great ideas to say, here's how we can start moving forward with, uh, other space stations, other Locus entries and so on and so forth. We thought, okay, that's a really good template for us to move forward because that's that's just less work for us to think about. But we just never came back to it. So he took the first steps and he he already did that for himself. But he he made his own story uh, around that. But it's pretty much kind of in the same universe. Um, you, you would have to confirm that with him. But the the concept is all still there. Then Simon also gave a shout out to that with one of his uh, latest. Sable Sun Records, uh, transmission from Locus Arcadia, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was a nice little nod for him to say, like, okay, these things are all connected. So around this time when I started seeing stuff like this, I had already in my head started building the interconnected spider webs of how stories could in, uh, intertwine with one another, and I had involved uh, Locus Arcadia into that. And how I wanted to do that was. Uh, a more grounded storytelling um, uh, medium to to tie into that 
And where it ended up right now, as far as on the board would go, is before Advent came out, I had started the Amos series, which around the time of Promethean, I had already started building for um, for opening up these worlds to a new character because Promethean already had its character. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Architects and Remnants had more of its conceptual atmospheres uh, for worlds for you to imagine. So something more grounded had to happen. So I created um, fake little organizations. And so there was Project Tomb, who was in charge of building the AMOS uh, anti-corruption uh, uh, software or hardware, really. It, it was an AI system meant to uh, combat against what was essentially the effects of this eldritch creature or thing, this entity that is part of my mythos, my, uh, my pantheon. And in doing so, I had created the director of Project Tomb, whose name was Daedalus, who was father of Icarus, who was also mm-hmm. one of the points in the Remnants record. So I thought, okay, we got to tie these two characters together, but we got to give them both their own independent stories. Because I, I really wanted Daedalus and his story. But how I wanted Daedalus' story to unfold was to first create an origin point for their world, create a time period where he's being the, the director of everything. So I created the Amos series, um, season one just being the birth and death of Amos in a new kind of format of music, season two being the musical concept of Daedalus going about being the director with Amos and finding Amos. Um, finally to to create this defense network and season three is more going to be this new next entry that i'm working on now and his story in this would be the discovery of a place called locus giri now that place is actually not part of my mythos it's part of another band who i've been working with uh hand in hand recently while they work on their next record and it's a band called an axis of perdition I grew up listening to them, absolutely loved all their influences from Silent Hill, uh, HP Lovecraft <laughs> as well, but their strong sense of making industrial black metal very, very raw in your face, a lot like a now Nathrak. Yeah. And mo- moving forward into strong storytelling, I thought that's who I want to work with, but they came out with this ambient record in between their previous record and what's going to be coming next. Um, which I don't know if I was actually supposed to say that they have a new one coming out. But anyways, we're just going to cut. We're not going to say more about that. But That's fine. Um, I'm sure the five people read- that are listening to this, the, it'll be fine. Your secret's safe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the location, the synopsis for their ambient record was speaking about Locus Eerie. So I thought that is so cool that they also had that idea because where they're from, it's the, the terminology Locus, uh, it, it's not that it's common, but it's from that region of, of the world where they're from. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that they would have that in their back pocket to use. So I came to one, one day and we had been talking for a little bit at the time. And I told them like, Hey, I grew up listening to your music, which I don't like being that person. I've, I've been that person at shows that I've performed at uh, because going from doing bar shows to doing festivals with bands you actually did grow up listening to again you feel like a deer in the headlights you're you're just nervous on stage you're nervous around all these people because you do know like i did grow up listening to this guy now we're drinking together laughing about crazy stories like i don't feel comfortable this is very uncomfortable for me uh (laughs) so it was the same thing with him 
And I came to him that day, um, the day he released it. I said, that's really cool that you did that because we did this in the past. And I love that in a very indirect way, we've been on a very similar lay point with this, with these kind of coincidences. Um, and I asked him about an idea of how about with this new location you created after the Earth album, why don't we talk about me using your location for a new entry in my record? And he was on board right away. He started giving me a lot of different information. He basically handed me the Bible of their, uh, all their lore, everything that they have written for themselves um, to, to understand exactly how their world worked. And he gave me strong descriptions of what that location was, what Lucas area was. And I thought, okay, this is perfect for my character Daedalus because I could use this as his uh, location for his story to fall into their world. Same way as how Advent came about as, a, as an anomaly, an anomalous location, so could their location be. And having interactions with, with their world could be the motivation for him to come up with the Locus Initiative long before Locus Arcadia ever took place. So he would be the origin point for Locus Arcadia, tying nice. in all these different records and worlds together again, which it won't, it won't be completely direct. It'll just be that nod to say, here's the guy from this world or this timeline compared to other ones. Um, that came up this idea, whoever executed it, like that's, that's for anyone else to guess, but it's more about this here and now story uh, and why he came up with that idea because his interaction in this location will be about his nightmares with his creation of Amos and what it is he's fighting because in their world, it's a lot like Silent Hill. All your past sins, your regrets, your guilt, they're, they're more than just haunting you. They're hunting you. And the location itself is already hostile towards you. So this would be perfect for really driving that home and showing how, since he's the father of Icarus, how that's tying into the Remnants record. Then we've got to talk about the story of Icarus and who he really is and why the track is called uh, Suspension of Icarus back in the Remnants record. So I've already started tracking out what the next record or two records really would be about uh, moving forward. And that's, that's going to be several years of work, I think. Dude, that's fantastic. It just, I feel like I'm talking to like, you're just a spiritual brother. I got, I got some <laughs> shit to lay on you and uh, yeah, I'll just go away. Yeah. The, I have actually written a couple of songs. All of my albums tie in together, and I do the same thing. Like mm -hmm. song titles tie in or make direct reference reference to worlds, or because I've been building a universe. But you know what's really interesting is that you know this point with uh, Locus Arcadia, and you talked about this timeline, and then Locus Area is that mine could potentially what I've written maybe be set in the same universe and just kind of bump into it. Uh, dig out of that, fill you in on that later. But I mean, like, there's a space station and a an entity and stuff, and it just the way that it builds off. And I remember I did that because one of the songs I wrote a couple of years ago, I was listening to you, and I remember reading the uh, the album descriptions, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I would just start <laughs> writing, and then I started, you know, trying to either play with dark ambient, or then I get disgusted and just go and make some more metal. But then it would all come back and start. <laughs> it would tie in together again, and so yeah. Mm -hmm. Hence my super space barbarian, decrepit, HR Gigerish sci-fi 
Lovecraft stuff. Yeah, it <laughs> ties it directly. That is just that's incredible. And I can't. I'm recording, so I can't get into too many specifics yet because some of it's still in pre-prod. <laughs> but uh, regardless, yeah, that is. So you've got years waiting. Obviously, I mean, like, have you already rang? You've got that one band. Um, and forgive me for not remembering who they are, but so you've already reached out to them. Now, have you got anybody else that you've <laughs> roped into? furthering the storyline i mean is this kind of like your game plan or again uh, just kind of going at it as it come what no, may uh come what may really because how i want things to actually pull forward i working with um with uh prodigion it's it's not only going to be a, a long undertaking because i'm i'm stepping into their world and their rules right uh, to write my story um how i want everything to tie together it's not, it, it's supposed to be a very, very strong underta undertaking to really push the genre forward this time. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. Um, if I might want to reach out to other musicians who I know or respect who would be interested in doing something for a track or two, um, especially considering some of the concepts or not really concepts, just more ideas that uh, we had talked about what he had had envisioned for the the musical aesthetic for his location and what I had envisioned for my record being involved in their location. It, it was pretty much one-to-one, -one, but execution would definitely be different. And how I've done very similar things in the past, just for myself, like the uh, session three tracks, uh, I put a lot of jazz and a electro sort of sounds into it to make a somber sort of track. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to do a little bit of jazz for this one as well, because I, I had done that for Dark Ambient uh, tracks in the past, like uh, watching Eden Burn uh, from the Promethean record, and it, it worked out. I thought it sounded pretty good, and there's other musicians on Cryo Chamber, uh, Phonotech, very well known for their heavy jazz influence. Yeah, And of course, with Doom Jazz bands out there, it's, it's not that it's unheard of. It's all about that application and... I, for one, am not here to step on anyone's toes to say what you've coined, I can do better in a single track. You know, I, yeah. I want it to be a musical element for a purpose. And to have any of those people who, who do focus on those elements I like to incorporate on, on board would already make me pretty happy because there's a reason why I love their work and why I would love to work with them. Um, but at the same time, I also know like not everyone would be down for that. So it kind of comes down to what is it that I want to do and what is it and how is it that I want to do it? And that's why it's going to take like a good number of years to do because this first entry, it's going to be a beast in and of itself and mm -hmm. everything we're going to put into the album and whether it's internal or external, because we're, we're pushing the envelope now where we set a standard with Advent and yes, we have to double that. Yeah. yeah. I will so certainly it's, say, it's yeah, never going to stop. It's always going to be a headache. Well, yeah. I mean, I could sit here and ramble and don't go because I'm going to, you just hold on, please. <laughs> you're, you're one of my okay. heroes. The least you could, you owe me. I'm sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I'm right here. <laughs> where would you, um, where would you want to send people other than, I mean, other than the bleeding obvious that, you know, on Bandcamp? to hear your stuff but is is that where you'd want to send people who wanted to check out your stuff because i mean for anyone who as a, a people that are familiar with me or friends with me know that i eat 
cryo chamber up. I, it's just all the time. If it's not writing my own stuff, I'm generally listening to cryo chamber while I write storylines and stuff. So I am familiar with you and you are like, a you're just one of the pylons of the dark ambient industry, but where would you send people like, if they wanted to get to know Randall Collier Ford and his music? Would you just send them to band camp or wh- where would you send them? Um, oof. I'm, I'm still scattered a little bit. Uh, so if you want to get to know my cryo chamber releases, obviously cryo chamber is the best way to go um, for streaming. And if you find anything you like, you know, go ahead and purchase it um, like that, that whole marketing spiel to say, Hey, don't forget to support. But at the same time, it's not just there. Like I have my own bank account, but it's also not really featuring the crowd chamber stuff, especially not to purchase. I, I only keep that stuff over on, on Simon's side, but an all encompassing thing is always just streaming. Um, I put up my entire back catalog of all, all the stuff under my name on all streaming platforms, no matter how obscure. Um, the other much older stuff, you know, the stuff from the very beginning, not all of it is out there. Um, a lot of it I got rid of uh to to put bluntly so a lot of it just doesn't exist anymore but not everything not everything so yeah if if you're just looking to hear all of it in one place streaming is definitely the place to go however you like to do it and you you can make your choices from there if you like to to purchase something uh i'm definitely never really going to push anyone to do that i'm definitely not the marketing type so well, aside from the usual stuff you would have to do online to, you know, create advertisements and right. and market towards specific demographics like that. That's just me doing business stuff. But I'm never going to look someone in the eye and say, "Buy my album." That just that feels dishonest and yeah. I feel grimy for even suggesting it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it is. It's the hustle. A lot of, I mean, it is what it is. A lot of this now is just patrons. Anyway, people that generally buy it want to support it, but. I will tell people, you need to listen to this. And then I'll say, and if you dig it, go on and buy it. Go on and pay for it. You'll get multiple uses out of it. And just, I mean, for crying out loud, what else are you paying for anyway nowadays? Just go ahead and get it. But man, this thing comes with like, this is one of the best things I have heard all year. Is this, I mean, please, <laughs> I don't mean offend, any offense at this, but is this an album or is it an EP? Like, what would I refer to this as? Uh, this is a full-length record, um, only because it, it was engineered specifically to fit ever so tightly onto a vinyl, um, vinyl disc. Uh, because I, I had a lot of ideas to make it a lot longer than what it is right now, but I wanted it on vinyl. So... I'd say that it is a full-length record just because I think 12-inch vinyls are the set standard to call something a full-length record. Okay. Well, then in that case, that so since we hear it from the artist Lips himself, yeah, this album, like, this is one of the best albums I have heard all year. It's, I am nobody important, and I really don't do those whole album of the year list things any other than just I might put a whole bunch of them that I enjoyed, or I'll go and like find my most played list and screenshot that be like this this is what i listen to most of the year which sucks because i'm a grumpy old man and so it just ends up being demo and flesh god my dying bride every year but like on Bandcamp, you know it has a most listened to or most played anyway this seriously everyone listening everyone you need to check this album out this one 
I don't know. That it that's exactly what it is. There's a je ne sais quoi about this thing. It an album to perfectly capture all aspects of presentation. This thing does that. The first one is it the first track, the beckoning of Surge Shapes is eerie. And then you've got that lilting. I mean, it's it's not a duduk, but you know, you've just, it's almost like this Middle Eastern feel to it, but it's not because it's South America. If you read the narrative to it, it's describing it, but you feel ultimately like you are have stumbled upon a ritual that you were really not supposed to, to witness. And that's this whole album. So if you like the sound textures of his earlier work combined with some even martial industrial elements, just listen to this thing and then buy the Digibook. Cause that thing's awesome. The artwork is fantastic. Randall Collier Ford, man. Thank you so much. Of course. And I will say, although you did give a pretty good synopsis of that record right there, just that was actually spot on. Uh, I will say this. Once you get to that third track, I think it'll all make sense. Just the, the sound of all the drums beating. You'll realize you stumbled across that ritual and then you stumbled in front of a God. And there you go. Perfect perfectly encapsulated so i have been daniel i have been with one of my musical heroes randall collier ford i think i was able to hide my gushiness pretty well for the most part so thank you all for listening and i will holler at y'all later